Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Kyle and Ryan. How are you doing, boys? Not bad, not bad. Uh, Champions League is back. I don't know anything about that as a United fan, but uh, I hear it's a good competition. Yeah, yeah, but fantasy sucks, though. <laughs> yeah, UCL fantasy is, is the worst. Yeah, I don't... When you try to be different, it just does not... It's like pain all over. I don't play UCL fantasy. You see, I'm like United. If United's not in UCL, I'm not playing UCL fantasy, man. True, see, true. now, Ryan went the complete opposite with that. Milan's back in the fa- um in Champions League, so he captained a Milan yep. player. <laughs> a defender. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> game week one match day one and you just gone wilding already yeah yeah at least my forward got an assist so yeah yeah man Champions League is back but we don't need to talk about it too long considering no, how yeah, we shot the bed <laughs> yeah. definitely not. I mean I could I mean, do Chelsea did what, what I expected I was so. gonna say I could do the uh, Kunde uh, hand on my face oh I almost joined them oh that <laughs> bitch <laughs> Is that actually it real? Is real. Oh, sure it is real. Yeah. It is real. Really? Yeah. Wow. I thought Achim just took that that photo, like photoshopped it. No, no, it was all over Twitter. All bands. over Twitter. Wow. Okay, I can't wait to meet Barca in the Europa League when we get relegated. Anyways, <laughs> um, no, the 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 reason I did want to kind of touch on Champions League is um, we kind of got to see the trio of Oba, Havertz, Sterling. You know, I'm sure lots of leagues have been dropping special amounts of fab on Aubameyang. I've heard him go for as low as $35. And I mean, as high as 104 in our league. Yeah, that was madness. Wild. <laughs> madness. I feel like I should bust some files and talk about uh, the backroom dealings that are happening that... I mean, we are the banter I mean, boys, right? Somebody so. dropped 104 <laughs> and immediately is trying to dump them onto me. <laughs> so, Yo, I don't know. Not just you. <laughs> I saw an X trade where he was trying to get a, someone else, Saka, I think, for Ob- and another player. Like, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'd say the last offer I got wasn't the worst. So. I mean, we got straight into the banter. We didn't even plug the socials or anything. Like, oh yeah, okay, okay. Let's let's do some business before we get into banter. Then, um, since since Ross is not here, I'm gonna plug his beautiful voice so you guys know what to do. So I'm gonna do that right here. Yeah, for sure. So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handles at banterb on Discord in the Draft PL channel. Banter boys hashtag six five eight five. On Reddit, you backslash banta underscore boys. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, and YouTube, all under the name of Banta Boys. All right. So if this is your first time listening to the Banta Boys podcast, welcome. We cover everything Fantrax related. Uh, so we're back to our regular formats. So we have two halves. In the first half, we do a bit of a data dump. Uh, then we catch up in our leagues, but mostly just kind of talking about moves and tactics and just, you know, 
concerns that maybe other managers have in their leagues, right? Um, then we take our halftime pint and we'll run through some Twitter questions, stuff that we got in our DMs across various platforms, Discord, etc. Um, and then we run things off with FA slash waiver picks. But yeah, back to the banter, because that's usually how we like to kick things off. What, what's this uh, Obamayang Saka deal, Kyle? I don't know what the Saka deal. I just know that uh, there was negotiations that centered around Diogo Dalo. Um, everybody was trying to get Diogo Dalo. Some people were walking back on their offerings. <laughs> Looking at you. Oh, that's looking me. Looking at you. But, uh, yes. yeah, you should call me out. Call me. I mean, out. I don't. I don't um, know how this person starts with. Oh, you want to include another player, and how much would that cost? And then two minutes later, <laughs> okay, no, no, no. The deal that we kind of were deal uh, like constructing this around doesn't exist anymore. It's like we started at Madison, and somehow like it shifted to Ericsson, <laughs> plus less money than. <laughs> When Madison was in the deal, I don't even understand this. Yeah, my I think my original, well, our original verbal agreement um, offer was uh, I think Madison plus twenty five fab for Romero and Dalo. Yeah, and then I, I I just had a good long think about it, and I dug through the history of of the game and you know where Madison was and considered the real life situation of how shit Leicester was and it can only get better from here listen to a few podcasts and I mean Leicester fans are extremely high on Madison if they're gonna do anything positive it will come through Madison and they've got a good run of fixtures I think coming up um, around the corner now. Uh, let me look at that real quick. I think Villa at home, Spurs away, but then you've got a bit of a good run. Um, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Leeds. So, I mean, for a player that is constantly in the top forty overall, like in the last four seasons, it I felt like maybe I was being too rash with my decision of wanting to get rid of one of my twenty midfielders. So yeah, I thought maybe let me pull on the heartstrings of a Manchester United fan and and throw Ericsson instead. There was no heartstrings to pull, man. <laughs> this was just <laughs> negotiating in bad faith. As somebody who thought yeah. about the fact that it was a by law candidate, I mean, I set the bar a little bit high at the Fab offering, but then for it to shift from Madison to Ericsson, and then somehow the number dropped from like twenty five to fifteen. I don't get. I don't get this tactic of uh, trading. So that was not the deal that we ended up landing on. We could talk through that one a little bit, but not to skip over ABBA where we started. But um, the ABBA deal that I got, the last one was ABBA and, well, ABBA and um, not Fabian Cher and William Saliba, sorry, for Diogo Dalo and Pascal Stroike. I countered by taking out Saliba and put it, putting in Fabian Cher. So that's a current outstanding offer to this manager if he wants to take it or leave it. Wait, wait, wait. So share and strike no, for... No, share and Abba no, no. for strike Sh- and Dalo. That's not bad at all. See, I, I think the reason I'm hesitant is because he spent 104 fab on Abba Mayang and for some reason in my head, I'm like, is Abba that good of a player? Because I remember him being like, absolute shit i feel like two years ago he was a good player i was looking this up i think two years ago he was a good player yeah but he was getting consistent returns exactly he was getting goals there's no ghosties in him it's all goals. yeah there's no ghosts. yeah 
Yeah. So from that perspective, if you expect him to bang in and be on the end of balls from Havertz, Sterling, Mount, then yes, I guess. I mean, we skipped over the fact that the week before, Anthony was released into the player pool and went for 90, 90 in our in our in our uh, league, right? So and that's only because you took 10 Fab from the other game. guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so he would have probably spent all He would have spent 100 to get him. So I mean, at that point you're saying, "Hey, if you have 100 fab or 100 plus fab, would you dump it on any of these new strikers that have come into the league, right?" So uh, there's been Anthony and Abba, Isak, uh, who else? Uh, who's the Wolves forward? Portuguese one. Guedes? Guedes. Um Yeah. Were those the only big name forwards that came in, I guess? Or high expectation forwards? I think so. Like, in terms of, like, the amount of money that was spent. Yeah. Um, I think that was the biggest ones. Yeah, I think so. Isn't there a way to like arrange your it. transaction I, I history? Have oh, it. <laughs> see, Kyla's fantastic, but, man. But the problem is that I can't, I, I can't actually use it right now. Terrible, terrible internet access. But oh, yeah, I think the biggest yeah. ones so far in our league were uh, Abba, Anthony at ninety. Casemiro went for 44. Isak, 45. Oh, yeah. Nunez. Paqueta went for 35, you said. Uh, which one, sorry? Paqueta, yeah. yeah Paqueta went, went for 35. Went for uh, Nunez went for 36. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the biggest ones. And then Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, who was 26. rumored to leave, and he dropped, got dropped yeah. and went for 26. Damsgaard for 20. That was probably the best money spent for value. Yeah. Damsgaard for yeah. 21 and Oof. everybody. And then yeah. Aronson for crazy. 17. So Yeah, that don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> so the majority of the fab that big money fab that's being spent have been for new players entering the waiver, uh, the player pool. And then uh, a couple big spenders on relatively big name players that were dropped. Yeah. Um, how much did you guys uh, spend on Oba or try to get Oba for Cal? Uh, the Oba bids, uh, I I think it was fifty forty five or forty six. So how much did you? Bid? I bid forty six. Forty six, Ryan. How much did you? I bid? think I bid either seventeen or twenty six. Nice. I bid a dollar. I know. Yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, I think I originally had it at seven. Oh no, I left it at seventeen. Yeah, you yeah, were seventeen. Like, seventeen is fine. Yeah, the bids were seventeen, twenty-three, twenty-five, one, fifty, forty-six, and a hundred and four. So this guy technically outspent by fifty-four dollars. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did that with Bernardo Silva as well. Like pretty much overspent, like over twenty or whatever. But yeah, having that option of um, seeing deleted uh, transactions, trades, all that is real dramatic. Like, but that's how it should be, right? <laughs> like, I mean, behind yeah, the scenes, if you yeah. were like me, you would have already tracked and known people's bidding patterns. <laughs> so I kind of knew where people tend to bid, and I don't think it's as useful right now. But at least there is some element of history to go off of for the next window when it opens yeah like it, it's crazy i went from being one of the managers with the lowest fab to having more than half the league now it's crazy yeah people are just spending recklessly man and it's only six game weeks into the season like 
Yeah, Jan soon window enough, is going to be uh, fun. Yeah, January is going to be fun, and then soon enough, waiver yeah. or tie break priority or whatever um, will be interesting as well, right? So, I mean, if we look at the first what five six weeks, I feel like we had more trades than we had last season. Probably more overall, or on pace for a way more overall uh, waiver slash free agent activity. So it'll be interesting, right? To see how it ends. Yeah. Yep, yep. For sure. All right. Um, I think let's get down to business now, though. Uh, let's kick things off with our data dump. Ay, 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 ay. Fantasy. With the Banta Boys. Uh, so for this segment, we usually just look at a few scoring categories and some outliers and other ones. Um, so since we're also six game weeks into the season, we're going to do a, a bit of a like a last four game week trends and just kind of see how players are performing. And maybe it'll be part of our data dump moving forward as well. Okay, so looking at key passes, um, so the highest number of key passes recorded this game week was six by two players, KDB and Trippier, then five key passes by Jesus, Pascal Gross, and Hyungmin Sun, and then four key passes by Tala Adams, Richarlison, Mopé, Odegaard, and Trossard, and finally... Long list of three key passes by Che Adams, Podens, Edward, Christian Eriksen, Morgan Gibbs-White, Harry Kane, Robertson, Salah, and Telemans. Thoughts, Kyle and Ryan. Sauna's back. That's my main thought of everything there. Uh, first time since game week one that he scored over seven points. Um, but this is the first week that he put up points without having a goal or an assist. I mean, he has no goals on the season. He only had one assist in the first game. So it's good to see Son up there with uh, five key passes. Uh, that's the main one for me. Richarlison, obviously, up there as well. Uh, four key passes and assists. I think overall, uh, I mean, this is probably representative of the opponent, but it's good to see that Spurs attack gelling, I guess. So looking forward to... I mean, as a non-Spurs, a non-Spurs attack owner, uh, would be good if you could still buy low on them. But looking forward to um, them just overall banging in goals. I missed over or skipped over Kane, sorry, but Kane also had three, right? So across the front three, that's uh, what twelve key passes. Yeah, which is good wild, show. Right? Yeah, well, why isn't anyone trying to buy Sun low right now? I mean, it's from Alex. I don't know. I think people are trying to buy San Low. <laughs> I think there's some. <laughs> hint, I, th- hint. I, I think there's some San plus James Ward Prowse for trades that were floating around. I think there's a lot of back channel wow. dealing. If I was to believe the tabloids. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ryan, anything jump out at you from this one? I mean, apart from Tyler Adams and um, more pay showing up there. Why did it? Um, Trippier. Showing his like defensive status, quality. Um, we haven't seen kick six key passes from a defender since like Trent, right? And speaking uh, of Trent, he's not even in this. Yeah, true. But Liverpool just look bad anyway. Um, 
Cal's, to Cal's point, Spurs linking up, but with Richarlison playing, has me a bit worried for Kulusevsky's sharing of minutes going forward. Or any of the front, well, any of Rich, Son, and Kulu. Yeah. I think they could all share at some yeah. point during the season. Yeah. Um. One thing that I was kind of uh, interested to see was Mr. Che Adams. Uh, he's not really known for putting up so many ghost points. Like, oh, he's been consistent. He's kind of been killing it recently. Yeah. yeah. Minimum, what, it's seven? It's kind of annoying. Now? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's um he's been performing quite well and I think he's in our like um trend of uh four gimmick players. I'm not sure. I don't know. I kind of did that really last minute, but yeah, he he's one of the players that kind of popped up um surprisingly for me. Uh other than that, uh, I think everyone else, else is fairly standard like a lot of your set piece takers are on yep. there as well. Um yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess is KDB the only Man City player as well in that segment? Yeah, it looks so. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think yeah. KDB was the only one. I mean, if you were to shift to the four game week trend on key passes, the top uh, players: Mohamed Salah at fifteen, KDB at thirteen, Gundogan at eleven, Tielemans on eleven, James Ward-Prowse on eleven. Jesus and Pedro Neto on 10, and then, and then Pascal Gross, Martinelli, Odegaard, Robertson, and Trossard on 9. So you get a healthy mix of Arsenal players, City players, uh, a couple Liverpool, but no Trent, as you go, you called out earlier. And then yeah, a couple crazy. of Brighton players in Gross and Trossard, along with the set-piece maestro in James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, I mean, Brighton's been playing good football uh, WordPress, like you expect that on those top assets from like the top two, three teams in the league, or ex- at least where you expect them to finish. It's not surprising, but again, going back to the point of Trent not being there is fucking blowing my mind. Like, what the fuck's going on with Liverpool right now? He also had like a five key pass game, right? So, honestly, not yeah. sure yeah. with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's wild, man. All right, um, I think now we'll move on to shots on how many we want targets. Uh, so the highest number of shots recorded this game week was six by a few players. Uh, Solly March with two on target, Darwin Nunez with two on target, Roca uh, in that Leeds midfield with three of his six on target, Ryan Sassignon with two of his six on target, Ivan Tony with four of his six on target. Then five shots attempted by Mopay or Mopai or whatever, however you want to pronounce that. One of his five on target. Mitrovic with three of his five on target. And then four shots attempted by KDB with zero on target. Dukori from Palace with zero on target. McAllister with three or four on target. Mateta with three or four on target. But note that he only played for 62 minutes. And then Saka with one or four on target. Son with two or four on target. And that guy Welbs with two of his four on target. Thoughts, Ryan? And then we'll go to Kyle. What? Is Sassignon and Mark Roca doing there? Like, Roca has, like, what, two shots for the entire season or some nonsense? Sassignon, it was one. One shot for the entire <laughs> it season. It was one. Don't get me started on this guy, man. Yo, and, like, um, Sassignon is not an attacker. Come on. No, but he looked insane 
in that game. He should have put up more points. Yeah, he should have at least gotten 20 plus. Like, Yeah. Yeah, no, Mark Rocca had one shot, one uh, and one shot, which was on target in the first game of the season at Wolves or against Wolves, sorry. And then no shots for the last four games and then beast with six shots in this game. Like, it's ridiculous. The other one that jumped out to me was obviously Ivan Tony. Um, four of six on target and the hat trick is tremendous yeah. efficiency, man. Yep. Oh, that third goal was so sexy. Yep, it was. So good. Yo, he's like, what, yeah. 18 on 18 now for pens? Oh, he's is fucking it? amazing at yeah, pens. Yeah, so damn good at pens. But the, he yeah, said in the uh, post-game that he's on pens now, right? <laughs> is that what he <laughs> free said? Free kicks. On free kicks, yeah. yeah free, free kicks on pens. On free kicks, sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. took that free kick like Yo, a boss. Really Remind me of Didier Drogba, man. If we, need, if we needed to get a striker, we should have bought Ivan Tony. Anyway, this is not Chelsea podcast, but yeah. Um, Don't worry, he's coming to United. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in like a season or two, I feel like a lot of the top uh, six teams will need uh, a good striker. Right? I'm convinced so. that if Ronaldo left, he would have come to United. I feel like that rumor is being, well, it's being floated out there a lot, but um, yeah. he was rumored to be uh, unpleasant or whatever, unhappy, sorry, with the Brentford last season. Yeah, right? yeah, there was and a spell. Forcing for a move, so... Mm-hmm. I think that United, at least it seems like it is actually like his favorite club. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple of things that would jump out to me immediately is no Holland or no Kane on this list. Holland doesn't need volume. <laughs> Kane yeah, also doesn't true. really need volume, but yeah. 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 I guess so. Yeah. That's true. I mean, if um, we I look, mean, Son's still trying, but yeah. still feeling. Yeah, I think I think Son is back though. He would ha- he has not shown up on this list at all. If you were to look uh, across a long list of the last four game weeks, Mitro is up yeah. top, twelve of twenty on target. Holland yeah. twelve of eighteen on target. Holland or no Kane, sorry, a nine of seventeen. Martinelli six of seventeen. Bobby Firmino nine of fourteen. Anthony Gordon. 11 of 14, and he was nowhere to be seen this week now that Mope is in that uh, starting 11, right? Yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. Solly March, 5 of 13. Gabby Jesus, 4 of 12. That guy got shut down. Shut down. Uh, and then, yeah, just the other names, Salah, Tony, KDB, Luis Diaz, Damari Gray, Rodrigo, Son. Son is there. But he only had four of eleven on target. So, as I say, you look across this list. If was to group them, I think the Arsenal attackers like have had volume, but not a lot of efficiency. So, as what ten of twenty nine on target. Holland is hyper efficient. Twelve of eighteen. It's ridiculous. And what? Yeah. How and many goals in that twelve? Today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. So in that twelve, in those twelve shots, what? How many, how many goals is he on? Purely in 10? all competitions, ten in prep. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. So he's ten or twelve on target. Like that's insane, right? Like, but but this is like last four gaming, right? So what last four? How many did he score? Oh, Seven. True. Ignore, ignore the yes. Seven, eight? Eight, yeah. eight, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still fucking ridiculous. Exactly, so. right? And then the inefficient Everton, um, Gordon, eleven of fourteen, and Demarger four of eleven, and then the broken Rodrigo, sad, three of eleven. So. 
I mean, you look across and group them, like you see clear patterns on like the teams to target for shots and then the teams to target for efficiency, right? So yeah. I mean, Salah's in this table or whatever, but still so low. And for the past few seasons, he's always been top two, top three player. Always. Yeah. Every single Fucking game. pulling the trigger all yeah. the time. But his role has changed, right? Like he yep. had, what, three of three of 12 uh, on target and Luis Diaz, five of 11. You know, Diaz is getting his shots. Bobby Firmino is being getting shots. And now with Darren back, and that's that's true. Like this wouldn't mean games that Darren wasn't even playing, right? So it would be interesting yeah. to see how that, uh, eventual yeah. formation change or uh, setup that they were trying to start the season with actually manifest now that he's back. Yeah, and we saw Klopp also go from like uh, four three three to four two three one, right? Man, so like Salah's still kind of staying out wide in that sense. That, those subbings know. were so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, basically, Twitter was himself. raging. Everybody was raging, man. And he did it back to back weeks, like. No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything more to really dig into. Um, my my guess was like people are trying to play like chess moves when there was three subs, and there's still technically what three sub windows, but you can make up to five subs, right? Yeah. So, yeah. as people are or as managers are trying to get the upper hand coming out of halftime, of course they're saying, "Hey, give it ten to fifteen minutes," but they're leaning closer to the ten before making the decision Correct. and getting the player warmed up and. Then they're just going whenever the ball goes out of play, right? They're not waiting for it to cross the 60. So that is definitely having an impact fantasy-wise. Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, so next one is accurate crosses into the box. Uh, so highest number recorded in this game week was five by Kieran Trippier. Then three accurate crosses by Emerson Royal and Ailing, but Ailing was only on the pitch for 19 minutes. And then two accurate crosses by T Bebe, who was pulled off before the 60th minute. So very unlucky for managers who did not get that clean sheet from Liverpool. And then two accurate crosses by Morgan Gibbs White, Martinelli, Trossard, and Neko. Uh, Kyle, any thoughts? And then Ryan will come to you. I mean, we talked about Trippier in terms of six key passes. Look at it here. <laughs> Five crosses as well, right? Like, um, he, his attacking, like, output probably puts him into the position of defender one over the course of the full season, right? Like, I feel like FPL trends have pointed in that direction. I feel like he was the top player added over this, uh, window. And yeah, he looks, pristine now of course he probably does carry some injury risk he's already been what amber flagged or whatever you want orange flag this season um where he was tentatively going to be out with a hamstring i think so let's see how he holds up over the course of a full season um but honestly like i i i'm look i'm liking the attacking potential from newcastle so i think overall that's just the thing that i am high on like having Isak there now and look well no St. Maximan, no Callum Wilson. Like it'll be super interesting to see when that team is fully well, if they ever are fully on the pitch, uh how they perform from an attacking sense. Super intrigued. Yeah, um 
I think the only thing to stand out to me was that Emerson Royale is still doing well. Like, can he actually keep Doherty out of that squad? He's been playing all the minutes. Yeah, he's being rotation-proof at this yeah, point, exactly. right? Yeah, like, exactly. And if he's not showing anything bad, like, I mean, defensively maybe, but going forward, he's been looking decent. So is there a reason for Conte to change it? I hope so. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> as, as, as a as an owner, right? But it's insane. As a Doherty owner. Yeah, I mean, I the thing is, I have a potential to get Emerson Royale. Yeah. Um, there's a deal that has been made that's sitting in my inbox, let's put it that way. Um, but I'm I'm still skeptical. Like, sure, I get Emerson Royal, but the minute, let's say, he fucks up and then Doherty is dropped, then I have just kind of have a dead spot on my on my roster. I mean, at the moment, I have a dead spot on my roster anyways, just keeping Doherty with um, foolish hope, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I would have handcuffed that for sure. It's a defender yeah. one, essentially, like. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Anyways, um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing is too surprising. I mean, Ailing came on. He got his three acro courses, three successful dribbles. He put up like I think twelve points after conceding um two goals with the assist. That's a lot of ghosties in there, yeah, man. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I think that game yeah. overall was wild anyway, it right? It was. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. it's one of these things where it's just like, man, imagine that he did that and they lost 5-2, right? Like, it's actually wild. Yeah. All right. Um, finally, we kind of like to look at random extra categories. Uh, so I'm just going to like rattle off a bunch of things that just we came across um so highest number of fouls suffered jesus with eight of them versus manchester united uh highest number of tackles one onana six um antonio topped two categories he committed the most fouls and had the most dispossessions with five and six respectively i mean throw in a goal in there as well versus chelsea um, for interceptions, I thought this was a little interesting. So the highest number of interceptions was five by Ben Mee and Declan Rice, and then second highest number was four with Tarkowski, but also threw in Matthias Jensen, a creative player, which was a little interesting to see. He's kind of now just ticking along in that team with points. Um, I, I think a few weeks ago we were like, oh, he's going to be rotated, and even the, our ITK was like, oh, eventually he's just going to be rotated, but I don't know, he, he seems to have nailed like a spot, and especially with that um, Norgard injury, like a midfield spot is definitely up for grabs. Um, highest number of uh, successful dribbles, um, so it was four by Bowen, um, but then the second highest number was Three, there was like a long list, but I picked out three players that played under 60 minutes, which was Sinistero, um, who played 58 minutes, Edozi, which I think is a Manchester City kid, he played 16 minutes. Well, he's a Southampton dribbles. kid that got sold him or, or got bought from City, right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then Ailing, well, again, we talked about him as 90 minute cameo. Um, and then the other thing was the aerials. They were like, I think five aerials was the highest number. There were like seven players um, with that. But interestingly enough, three of those seven players were from Manchester City, Cancelo, Diaz, and Rodri. And then the one I kind of want to end off with is 
clearances for this game week with a high of 18 by Anderson. Fucking insane. Um, Ryan, any thoughts or anything like that? And then, Kyle, you can round things off. Not so much. I mean, I'm liking the look of Onana um, on his ghosties. Bowen is a bit interesting. Like, is he trying to just do stuff on his own? He's coming back into a bit he of is, form. He is. And you would expect what West Ham settle on what their ideal lineup is going to be soon. Um, so we'll see how that impacts him. The areas is just really weird. I mean, but it, was it, it isn't. Yeah, it is weird, but it, I don't want to say it isn't weird. Like Villa played really well. They right? did. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Oli looked great too. His hold up play yeah. was fantastic. So I'm surprised yeah, they won a... that many aerials actually, because I thought he was winning a lot more balls than they were. Anyway, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think overall it was a good game. Like I think. Um, City won twenty seven aerials and uh, Villa won thirteen. So okay, yeah, there was definitely more. Well, there was more balls probably up for yeah. grabs or not up for grabs in their area. Um, the city defenders really put in a lot of work. I think the only other one that, as I looked through, was super interesting was Anderson with clearances. And the question I had, and I didn't catch any of that game, but I mean, it showed up in Trippier's yep. uh, attacking threat. And I know Isak had some uh, attacking ghost- ghosties as well. So in the grand scheme of things, I'm just wondering if it was just like the flow of the game, I guess, that contributed towards this. The possession was pretty equal, but shots and eh, Newcastle edge shots overall corners they thoroughly like outdid Crystal Palace 13 to 5 but then all the chances were Newcastle like they had five big chances that which they missed all five they hit the woodwork they had 20 shots in the box um so yeah from like the I guess the, the flow of the game. I'm wondering if that's what contributed to Anderson's 18 clearances. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what Sanchez kind of pointed out. Oh no, it was might have been you, Kyle. Um, but ASM's not fit, right? And yeah, the the core of the squad isn't really there. Like how they have to play, they probably are just adapting based on what they have available at the moment. But which is trippy as cross. correct. Uh, yeah. But what's ridiculous is that. Pope was the one that had to put up nine saves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that means they actually conceded a lot of chances, but, like, not from inside the box. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. there was 11 shots outside the box from uh, Crystal Palace. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> interesting game. It's, it's just so, it's on either, paper. On, paper, on yeah. paper, it just seems like a weird set of stats, right? Definitely. <laughs> like, yeah. entirely skewed in one direction, but whenever Crystal Palace got the ball, they probably broke and just shot it at, like, shot it at Pope. Yep. Bastards could have scored, man. It was not fun coming up against Pope this game week. Yeah. Anyways, um, speaking of game weeks, I think we can move on to our next segment, uh, League Updates. So, we're not going to really talk about 
our wins or points or standings because um, a few of us aren't doing too well. Screw you, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, we'll start with you, though. Uh, tell us what was good about your game week and your regrets uh, and roster concerns and what FA moves you made that would have addressed them. The good is uh, Haaland just can't stop. He won't stop. Um, and then I picked up Ryan Sessegnon just because there was so much talk about Perisic being benched. And it did come through. I'm actually patiently waiting to see the lineup tomorrow. If Perisic starts tomorrow, I actually think he's going to... Sessegnon might get the game again. I mean, it is City. So do I play him even if he starts? I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, Would it surprise you if both of them played? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, that's a fair point. I never really thought about it, but... Actually, Royal should sit out that one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, The bad... I was so high on Forrest turning up against Bournemouth, maybe yeah. keeping a clean sheet. So I played um, Lodi. That just went bad. I backed two Forrest defenders in perfect 11. That went badly. Um, hey, you want Hendo back? <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, nothing too, too bad. I mean, I'm sitting at second in the league, so... In terms of roster concerns, I just I'm holding too many covers. Like I have Stones, Anakanji, I have uh I had Davinson Sanchez and Longley, and now I've dropped Sanchez for Sessignon. So I still have two Spurs defenders that night. Both might actually just sit out. Longley is not nailed. Sessignon is not nailed. Akanji is not nailed. They're just holding too many damn open spots. In terms of... I love Ryan's... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I love Ryan's tactic. Like, as soon as the name pops up, Ryan grabs and just is like, yo, you want this guy? (laughs) When he did it with Gomez today, he was like, yo, anyone want a Man City defender? Give it like 10 minutes for him to turn around and realize, oh, fuck, he's a midfielder. Yeah, yeah, go on. (laughs) So I picked up uh, Gay and I actually dropped him for Sergio Gomez when lineups came out. And then I realized, oh, shit, Gomez is a mid. Let me get back Gay, please. That's our weekly oh, warning that there's fantastic. no city assets that are worth picking up at this point, None. given that they have missed, uh, misplaced this guy's position, Sergio Gomez. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Cole Palmer, yo, just wait. The one game he gets this season. Yeah, or who's the backup goalie this year? Oh, I don't even know. Is it, not, is it still not Carson? Oh, Kurt. yeah, Carson's still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there I'm you sure go. he's going to get a game at some point. Beast. He, he had the... No, I was going to say, did he have the highest average? But no, they conceded in that game. Yeah, that, did, did yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not surprising at oh, all. Um, yeah, I mean, so so what are you going to do with this whole Stones Akanji thing? Are you just going to oh. hold them or just... Yeah, Akanji played today. I'm happy now. Yeah, True. True. He's happy now, and then he'll be sad on Saturday. That's okay. If Ake plays on Saturday, I'm holding a stones and a kanji. Like, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I mean, my squad came back to life, right? Matip is fit again. Darwin's no longer suspended. So I have flexibility in that sense. I can hold dead yeah. weight now. Yeah. Who do you have in your injury reserve, by the way? Uh, stones. I swapped out Bruno Guimaraes. Right. 
who's supposedly right, right. ready to go again. His, has his green flag changed blue now? <laughs> yeah, like it's red. It's just a solid <laughs> red now. Yeah, excellent. All right. Um, Kyle, what's up, man? Uh, what's good? Any regrets? Rossi concerns? Pickups? I have no regrets. I never have regrets. Regrets are for <laughs> losers. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still bottom of the league. There you go. Um, still yeah, where's our uh, video, by the way? Well, it's coming. It's coming. We have a long week. A long <laughs> week before the next game week. I don't need to rush it. Um, I might get a little bit more creative on this one. But, I mean, coming out of the last game week, going into Sunday, I was uh, in a resounding lead. I had... What two three points? Yeah, thirty-three points <laughs> with two players <laughs> to go. Uh against what nineteen 19, points yeah. with four players to go. Um I feel like I've been fortunate in terms of what I would classify strength of schedule. Uh my opponents haven't necessarily been the strongest, but yet my team has continued to disappoint. I had Rice though, like ball out, like He's been just good eye test wise and then fan tracks wise outside of missing a pen. Uh, he's just looked like a baller this season and I'm surprised. Well, let's see how long West Ham can hold on to him. Uh, I mean, he's basically their best player, right? No, he is their captain. But at some yeah. point, like, was the ambition of the club? It becomes this whole thing with Harry Kane and all these other players, right? Like, are you actually going to stay at this club? I guess Grealish was. I guess more comparable from a mid-table perspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how long he holds out, but you know that Chelsea obviously wants him back, and he came through the academy there, and we'll see how that looks. Where I mean, all his best friends are there, right? So, will he be tempted back, or is he a lover scorned who will never ever return? We'll we'll find mm-hmm. out in the future, right? So, Stay I deep. think that's one of the things. Is, yeah, sounds super. like a perfect uh, cliffhanger for like a love yeah, exactly. series. No, I know. I mean, yeah. you've seen the, the <laughs> you've seen their bromances um, when they're England camp. Mason. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mason and uh, him go way back. Yeah. Right? So. yeah, they're they're best of buds, right? So I think that's yeah. the biggest highlight on the team. Honestly, everything else was just the team falling flat. I think the biggest disappointments, though, in myself. Because I said I don't have regrets in the squad. I have regrets in my decisions. Picking up Pulisic and uh, Armstrong instead of actually, and I blame Ryan for this. I already blamed him, so I can blame him on the pod. <laughs> I literally was looking at after lineups came out. I was looking at my watch list. I'm I'm more organized than Sanjay, who doesn't use cues or watch list or anything. I have a watch list. I don't have cues. Yeah, this guy does not believe in uh, planning ahead. But yeah. I had my watch list. So I was scanning through. And I was deciding, hmm, maybe I should uh, double up on leads. <laughs> I was just feeling wild. I was feeling like that was the thing to do. I was going to drop Emmanuel Dennis. I was going to drop, um, I can't remember who else I was going to drop. I was going to drop um, somebody else. Oh, I ended up dropping, Arm- or I, pick- I ended up picking up Armstrong for uh, Joe Rebo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I grabbed Joe Rebo quickly just as mm-hmm. the first move. And then I was assessing and I was like, oh, I should go Armstrong and attack because that seemed tempting. And then afterwards, Emmanuel Dennis had to go t- as well because he wasn't starting. And I thought, oh, I'll double up on leads. And then I get a message saying, oh, these go grab Pulisic. These guys sleeping on this lineups. 
And I went and grabbed Pulisic instead of going for Mark Rocca and Tyler Adams, <laughs> who in a defeat beasted. Yeah. Like their team got thrashed, but they put up like a haul, man. Like might be, might be. Yeah, it might have been enough to save me, but Probably. from the lowest score definitely in the league, it would have been close in terms of my head to head. Right. Uh but honestly, as I say, I just gave in to the impulses of some other people being in my ear and didn't make the move that I was gonna make. So the regret was not following through on my plan and listening to others. So yeah, it is what it is. And then going forward, I think well, I got Roca now and I got uh, the uh, Czech Decore at Crystal Palace, who's a, sne- a sleepy under radar pick who might pop up in uh, our picks later on in the show. So those are the two moves that I've made. There was a trade, but we won't bore people on those those trades. The trades that I have to do, the obligatory trade I have to do every time <laughs> I lose. But I did pull the trigger on one trade, which was Ericsson Fab for uh, Luca Dean and Christian Romero. So. I've already made a move for this game week, and then the only hope that I have for my team is not concerned, but the hope is that my forwards don't keep getting injured. So at this point, I have Martial still out. I have Rodrigo still out. I have Vardy not firing. I have Isak, who's looked good, but I need them all to stay fit. That's my biggest concern, or as I say, hope on the glass half full point of view. So I've got a couple of things uh, I want to men- well one mention and then second ask. Um, so the one mention is it's funny that all your steady eddies were the ones that put up the points. No, I know, yeah. I know. It, as I said, my running <laughs> list—that's what my team is is uh, converging towards. I just want to converge on steady eddies. Uh, yeah. The team, yeah. As I said, a lot of these big names. If you go through all the names, I mean, I trade out Holland, and he's probably the only. One that's actually firing every week, but Virgil yeah. Van Dyke, um, Sterling, Sterling, yeah, and now Luca Dean. That's my yeah. top four picks there, right? And yeah, I don't miss any of them. Holland was the only one, and I can argue outside of Holland's goals, if he was not putting up any ghosties, I also would be kind of trying to sell high still. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. so I don't feel bad about any of those players that I traded out and yeah, the steady eddies have been performing. If you go through the list of people that we've called out and we actually should write them down or as I said, label them like they've all yeah. been performing. As I said, the newest addition is check the looking at his stats and he popped yeah. up with tackles one. Like yep. he's beasting yep. every single game week, no matter who he yep. plays. So yep. I think that that's the strategy at this point. Uh, try to converge on some of these players that are going to be, as I said, consistent floor and, uh, maybe have some upside if they have this weird outlier game like Mark Rocca, who put up what, six shots, three on target. Very wild. Yeah, so the question now is, you said you're, you've are you got like one of your injured players, Marshall, you're kind of just sitting, hoping, waiting that he comes back. Now with the new addition of Anthony, uh, Ronaldo staying, Rashford playing up top and thriving, are you not concerned about what, Anthony Marshall's spot is and as a Manchester United fan I feel like you'd have better insight than we would so I mean if you are a manager which you are that owns uh, Marshall what are you like advising to even other managers that are holding because we got some questions actually um, and a few chats people are talking about you know what's the value of Marshall moving forward now uh, hard to tell honestly like 
I think everything is so new. And on, honestly, I feel like we talked about this stuff before Ten Hag came out and explicitly said it in the pregame uh, press conference for before your last fixture against Arsenal. The reason why Ronaldo wasn't starting, the reason why Casemiro isn't starting is because they didn't have a preseason. They didn't have time to bet in with his, with, with his I don't want to say philosophy, but with his way of playing and his structure. On the flip side, Anthony came from that um, at Ajax, right? So he could come and he could, outside of fitness and being up to the pace of the Premier League, he could come straight into the eleven. I think Martial still had like the benefit and... I would argue you still want the trust of Ten Hag. I'd see the biggest concern is Rashford's form to all of them. (laughs) Because I think Sancho is nailed or has looked nailed. Um, He's contributed. Anthony's hit the ground running. Now Rashford is firing firing and finding form. Like, I don't know how uh, he gets this place from playing that number nine role. And I think it's a good thing to be spoiled for choice in real life more than in fantasy because in fantasy it's a headache man it's too many headaches and you don't want to be stuck with it so long story short i'd say you probably have to hold um and see what happens but i feel good as a united fan um that we have as i said choices um so on to mine um i've had my fourth loss in a row now so Aiming for my fifth. Um, so, if I had to pick some good things, though. Um, patience on Morgan Gibbs-White. Just because of the eye test and, um, you know, holding the faith that, you know, he had two tough games in his first two real appearances. And he finally came through with an attack and return. few ghost points here and there. He's on set pieces, right? Um, Pascal Gross is so good, man. Honestly, so happy. I think, like, drafting him, I think, maybe, what was it, 7th or 8th round? I think I got him. Such good value. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, cashing in on Christian. Christian Eriksen. Um, uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to get rid of one of my mids, man. I had too many. Too many to count. Um, so, I'm, I'm glad that I finally was able to get an attack and return out of him and yeah it's sad to see him go because i know his potential i know how good he can be but um maybe i I, it's just best that i stick to my philosophy of the season which was to avoid all united players (laughs) you mean you don't (laughs) don't oh did you see how bad he was when he came on by the way oh my god i know kyle has like a logical explanation to his stupid ass yellow but He's so bad. <laughs> yeah, that was so that was not his fault. He had to take the tactical foul. Because Casemiro's horrible first touch. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> that was exactly it. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible first touch. Having like McTominay like nailed in that team right now. Um, it's crazy. Uh, regrets. Um, not taking my own advice, especially when it came to Sassignon. Uh Shouted him as a FA pickup. I think I mentioned him in the chat. Um, and Ryan, obviously, like the smart one that you are, um, went and grabbed him and, and it paid off massively. Um, but yeah, I, I think another part of my regret was not having good defensive options again going into this game week that I played, right? Um, two of my defenders put up negative points because they faced each other in a seven-goal thriller. Um, 
Yeah, it was it was not a fun watch. Um, roster concerns. I've got an illegal roster again, and now I need to go through the headache of dropping a potentially good asset. So trying to figure out what to do there, or maybe just do a two-for-one trade and see if I can get one good player in, in my roster, right? I've got a few days left in the week. Maybe I can try and throw some trades out there. And then the waiver pick, which I think I'm really, really happy about and surprised that I got, was Daka for zero fab. I thought he looked really good um, in his appearance, I guess. Um, Played the 90 minutes as well. I think Leicester in general just look better in a two-man system at the moment, especially with Vardy just looking so off the pace. Um, Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Um, because even though Kalechi scored, he only basically scored his goal points. That was it. No ghosties behind that. So I'd like to see the combination of Daka Vardy moving forward. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that dreadful fucking team. So wait, um, Leicester looking better yeah. means they concede five? Cool, cool. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Of course. No, yeah. I'm, I'm so mad. I thought I bid on... Patson and I didn't. So mad. Yeah. I mean, I could give you Daka for Sassinion if you want. I'll think about it. <laughs> it's not bad. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, We'll see how lineups come out for Champions League. Anyways, uh, let's round off this uh, half, though. Um, I think now what we'll do is grab our half-time pint and we'll see you after the break. And we are back. By the way, Ryan, with your um, mic setup, you know who you remind me of? The guy from Home Improvement on the other side of the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the neighbor. <laughs> you never see his face. Yeah, 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 exactly. For a second, I forgot what you looked like. I was going to say, listeners have no clue uh, what you're talking about. Maybe it's time I to know. put these uh, pods on YouTube or something. <laughs> we yeah. should. We should. If only really Sancho should. would upgrade his uh, technology, right? It's like we should live yeah. pod on Twitch, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I mean, the, the one of my laptops could do it, honestly. They probably wouldn't have to hear me. I'd have to figure out some... I mean, we could figure something out for the next time. Actually, Guys, yeah, that's, that's worth a shout. Buy Sancho the laptop. Like, just hit the link. <laughs> and, like, <buy laughs> and donate now. Yeah, exactly. It's for the brand, man. For the brand. All right. Um. So I've got a few Twitter questions, Discord questions, that sort of shit. Uh, I kind of want to discuss with you guys. So I'll I'll read out the questions and get your thoughts on it. So the first one that we have is from uh, Yaoji Eight. So in our Discord, his name is Matt. Uh. So. His question is, what do you think of Diego Costa's fan tracks value if he signs for Wolves on a free transfer? And he says, good luck with the podcast, boys. Um, so who posted the the link, I by did. the way? Okay, so then I'll get you to start. Um, how would you answer this question? Yeah, so I kind of did some research to see how far along the, the transfer was and if it actually went through. And then I saw that he did not qualify for a work permit, Costa that is. Because he did not have enough like international appearances or something, and the FA was just fighting him down. I see that Wolves are appealing the decision. They're hoping to get um, some kind of decision before their Liverpool game 
this weekend. But if that doesn't go true, I saw some weird chatter about like Andy they were Carol. offered Andy Carroll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> they, I mean, there were a couple of free agents out there, and Andy Carroll was like the one that I guess made the most sense. Or I mean, I even saw like talk of um Sturridge on the list, but yeah, it's definitely Carroll seems like the the replacement if Costa isn't coming. But I will still answer the question if, assuming Costa comes, um, we saw what he did at Chelsea. And he immediately impacted the league from day one. I think he'll fit well in that Wolves. Like, they need that aggressive... Uh, like, Jimmy kind of lost that, right? Like, ever since yeah. the injury, he's not really... He's not being Mitrovic, like, And that's what Costa can do. I mean, I know he's a lot older now, so I don't know if he plays every game, but they need a goal scorer, man. Like, they need something. And it's so unlucky that, um, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Klasnash or whatever. Sasa. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the injury. <laughs> um, that's what, pretty much this whole season, right? Yeah, ACL. It's kind of rough, man. 45 minutes and you're done for the season. Yeah, that's insane um, luck. Yeah, it's It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd I'd love to see Diego Costa come and just fight with people or yeah, exactly. Something. I don't know. Put just, some passion back into Wolves, yo. Like yeah, exactly. They need a bit of bite. Um, Kyle, as the manager with the most fab in our league, a hundred and forty-eight dollars. How much of that would you be dropping on Diego Costa? Zero. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> another another Portuguese speaking, uh, even though. I mean, where was he last? Was he in Brazil playing? Like, I feel yes. like he's... At yeah, one point, yeah. he was in Brazil. Yeah, that's yeah. where he was, right? Like, he, yeah. he... I think he got, like, five goals in, like, 19 games or something. Yeah. He's still scoring. Okay, yeah. fair. So, I guess he's still a goal scorer, but he definitely tailed off on goal scoring in Atletico, right? Like, he wasn't yes. prolific at that point. So... I'd be intrigued to see, as I said, Wolves has so many midfielders and so many names on paper that could contribute. Like, it would be uh, interesting to see, to your point, Ryan, an aggressive um, number nine up top who can get on the end, not of crosses or passes, but who could torment center backs, right? He could just rile them up for the entire game and bait them into doing dumb things and win set pieces and... I think all the all the like the uh, what's that foreplay <laughs> all the all the other <laughs> play uh, like just the 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 mind games would be very very interesting to see right like I think that that's what would more excite me like about him as a prospect as opposed to him being a valuable asset um yeah so how much would I bid not actually zero but I'd put in I don't know like. 14 or something i'd put in something small to still go after him but i wouldn't be going to spend like my full stash on him i just try to strategically outbid the few people who have money left in our league yeah that's fair um yeah i i I would just love him back in the league honestly he's such a talent such a talent um okay so thank you so much matt for your question uh so our next question is from lou which is at draft og underscore on twitter um so 
his messages, he, boys, what are your thoughts on Harvey Barnes? Do I hold or do I drop? Because he wants to have a free spot in his roster to stream a defender because he has a bunch of, like, his mid is just basically stacked, right? He's got um, Bruno, which I'm assuming he means Bruno Fernandes. Um, There's only Jack one Grealish. real Bruno. <laughs> Jack Grealish, Aronson, Morgan Gibbs White, Pascal Gross, Dwight McNeil, Keenan Dewsbury Hall. And I think the reason why he's concerned about Harvey Barnes is because people in his league don't really rate Harvey Barnes. Um, so, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this, man? I also do not really rate Harvey Barnes. Actually, <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. I kid. I actually do rate Harvey Barnes. Um, yeah. I rate the Leicester potential for attacking returns more than yeah. their defense. I don't think yeah. Ward and Johnny Evans and and Didi or Amarte or whoever is playing behind. I don't trust their defense at all. I trust their yeah. attack more than their defense. I think that uh, they aren't as spoilt for choice as uh, Lou is <laughs> in terms of midfield yeah. options. So I yeah. think Barnes is nailed um, alongside Tielemans and Madison and Keenan Dewsbury Hall, um, and we don't know who's playing up top. So I think the midfield is yeah. the most nailed-on thing about that entire lineup. And for that reason, I think Barnes would be a hold just in isolation, not taking into context who's in your squad or uh, what your league mates think of the player. So that's just my like high-level 10,000-foot view of it. Now, if you look at his list of players, like uh, this person sounds like you, to be fair. I don't know how he even is allowed to have <laughs> eight midfielders because Bruno, Grealish, Aronson, Morgan Gibbs-White, Gross, McNeil, Dewsbury Hall is already seven. So if you add Barnes to that, that's eight. So yeah, if you had to get rid of one of them, um, I would argue that maybe you should try to trade high on someone else. Um, on that list, I was looking at Aronson and Gibbs White as possibly ones that if people are higher on, you trade them for a better defender. And then you don't need to stream a defender with that spot, right? Like maybe go target Dalo, Fabian Scher, um, some of the other defenders that might be overperforming at this point. Like take one of these mids or package two of the mids and try to find a premium defender. Um, that Tarkovsky. would be my approach. Maybe I, I would actually go like McNeil and I don't know, like Gibbs White or something or Aronson and then try to get a defender. Yeah, I would, I would target like a Tarkovsky kind of or Ben Me, that quality of defender. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good approach too. But I do think McNeil is fully droppable. Jeez. I agree. Really? <laughs> With Mope in, and if Mope is going to actually contribute, um, I think he looks like the best of all they've tried. Because they've tried uh, Gordon and Gray. They've tried Gordon and Gray with Rondon through the middle. They've tried with McNeil. Now they've tried with Mope. Oh, well, the, I think that the Mope off the back of that last game, like that setup looks the best. That one seemed to work better than anything else that they've tried this season. I mean, DCL should be back soon, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but don't cross your fingers and toes and wait for this man oh, and hope agreed, that agreed. he'll be in, uh, will be injury-free for the rest of the season, looking at yep. you, Sanji. No. Just drop him. Just um, drop him. 
No, not at all. Over my dead body. Um, no, though, like, McNeil, it's, it surprises me why you guys say, like, he's droppable, though. Because, I mean, his ghost points are still kind of decent, no? Like, But is he going to play had... every game? Like, I mean, that's my concern, Yeah, he's right? not getting the minutes. The minutes is a concern. That's the problem, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, when he does play, he gets points. Yeah, but if uh, you have... Not really. Yeah, like, but... Uh... Ghost points, not attacking returns. Yeah. No, still hasn't been getting the ghosties, like... I mean, he was dropped in our league and uh, yeah. Ras picked him up for one fab. Like, there's yeah. no no desire from anyone to really get him. Yeah, that's exactly my point, right? I'm like, if you look at it in isolation, like, no context, then I would agree with you, right? You wouldn't want to drop him. But if you have literally eight midfielders <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. You just maybe you don't drop him, but you trade him for somebody whoever has the best fixture in your eyes from a defensive perspective this week. Um, yeah. You just pick up like your streamer or start your streaming from there, right? Like swap McNeil yeah. out for something else. Yeah, fair. All right. Uh, thanks so much, Lou, for your question. We move on to the next one. So this one's from Ollie Cobb. Um, I'm not going to pronounce your last name because I will butcher it. Um, but you guys should know, uh, he's our Brentford um, correspondent. Um, so his question for the pod is, um, which players, preferably defenders, from better teams other than Forrest do you think you could get for Nico Williams? Um, as he mentioned, he's enjoying owning Nico, or Nico um, but he doesn't want to get burned in all three leagues where he owns him when they lose 6-0 again. Ryan, thoughts on this? Yeah, this one is tricky. Um, I mean, we've yet to see Forrest put up a clean sheet or have they put up one? I can't remember. Maybe one. Um, but Nico's doing okay. I wouldn't say he's doing that great. So, I don't know. Someone like uh, Ben Me again, I'm kind of going back to Ben Me, but I don't know, might be too high. Um. Whew. I have a spicy one. I have like a a Pascal strike, which I know he's been smashing it, but I feel like that's a fair trade. What's the spicy? Yeah, go for it, Kat. Lloyd Kelly. Oh God. Yo. <laughs> I'm just so, loving. So- I'm just loving Lloyd Kelly, man. Drop drop a player that concedes like six to one that was gonna concede seven. Yo, I feel I still like put a positive fingers. He he missed that game. He was the omission. I know, I know. Like he was the reason why they had to concede so many goals, right? Um honestly, the reason why I would say like Kelly or Bournemouth and obviously two promoted teams, um two different situations altogether, even though Nico is being nailed. Um they signed 22 players. <laughs> so I don't know how <laughs> nailed anybody is in that 11. So I I mean, I'm glad that uh, as a Forest fan, Ollie is trying to not let his uh, homerism cloud his judgment. But I try to trade him out. And I think Bournemouth on the flip side of it, as a promoted team who hasn't spent any money on any players, has dependable, like, uh, players that you could hold on to. I think Lloyd Kelly has looked interesting, and he's put up ghosties in literally every single game. Um, even the goal, even the games where they concede three or four goals, he's still positive, if not like 
I don't know, minus two, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. Stroik, as an example, has definitely put up just about the same negatives, like conceding a lot of goals as well. So I think Lloyd Kelly is interesting to me. And the other thing contextually that uh, attracts me to Bournemouth is that they had a lot of hard games at the beginning, right? So their fixture run arguably should turn. And maybe their defense isn't as bad and it like normalizes over the course of the next, what, 10 games or whatever the case may be. So that's my thought on it, at least. Yeah, so Bournemouth have got Brighton at home, Newcastle away, Brentford at home, Leicester at home, Fulham away, Southampton um, at home. Yeah. Forrest have decent fixtures too, though. I, yeah. would, I would say he could probably even wait. Let's see if uh, Nico does more. He got the assist last game. And then he'll sell maybe even higher. Yeah. I mean, for- Forrest... Forest has Leeds away, Fulham at home, Leicester away, Aston Villa at home, Wolves away, Bryson away. It's pretty much the same yeah, it's thing, just same. scrambled up yeah, differently. Yeah, I mean, his question technically, if we were to not just pick our favorite player, was um, which defender from a like a top team, right? So if we were to pick a top team, like I'm going top down on this question now. Like, who do we classify as top teams right now in the league? From a defensive standpoint. Brighton. Yeah. Well, they haven't been showing it recently, but I think the trade-off will be kind of like a a ghosty type player like Nico that you can trade for someone like Dunk or Webster who don't get the ghosties, but they're probably much more consistent on a clean sheet. Yeah. I was going to say, if you go Brighton, do you risk and go for Estupinian? Oh... I think you'd have to add some fab to that. <laughs> yeah. Because of that one. But I mean, he's only just started. So you can't say there's rotation. Like, it's a small data set for him. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. I think he's the better player for sure. That's the opinion. What if you go to the Chilwell owner and pitch that right now? No way. <laughs> Is that too too much? After his cameo. No I mean, I don't know if that Chilwell owner, that Chilwell owner is probably emotionally holding on and obviously going to start him in the next game, right? Yeah, for sure. You got to do it yeah. to like, you have to, if you're doing that, Doherty's not a bad shout, like, reach before they come in, kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it was a run through your list, who else is a top like, team at this point? Newcastle? Yeah, but no way are you going to get Trippier or Shaw. Or Target. Could you get... Um, you might get a... Yeah, I was going to say, could you Bort- get Dan Bort- Burn? Or, like, you went in... Dan Burn isn't even playing, though. Yeah. Right? He lost his You might get spot, a Botman. Right? Botman? Yeah. Ooh, what if you go Anderson from Crystal Palace? That's not bad. He's good. Why would the Anderson owner do that? I mean... Uh, yeah, he's, I guess, good on ghosties and, yeah, yeah, true. I mean, yeah. I think these are all fair questions, right? Like, I mean, we just literally approach it top down and bottom up, right? I think there's yep. a lot of options for players to go after. Um, yeah, I think there's one of these things where you might want to pull on, I don't want to say, knowing who your teammates favor and exactly. then trying to yeah. play the emotions, I guess. Agreed. Yeah, true. All right, let's go on to the final question. 
so this one is from Julio Jaramillo. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. I don't know why I read it like that. I did Spanish a long time ago, and that's how I read it in my head. But his handle is at jmoneytaco. Um, and his question is, with all the rotation up top for Liverpool, who do you think performs better, Orba or Nunez? So there's no time frame. I mean, we can throw our own time frame on it if we want. Um, and I guess this is considering, you know, Jota is slowly coming back into the team as well. Um, I mean, with Orba there, obviously, like, does Mount, like, rotate for a spot there? Does Pulisic rotate for a spot there, right? Um, and we know Orba's history, right? The good and the bad. So, Kyle, Can I what, if you had to make a prediction, what's up, Ryan? Yeah, Can yeah, I go yeah. first? So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a Darwin sure. owner, right? So yeah, you yeah, should go. I'm, I'm going to say, like, Bobby's on form. Just is coming back. Like you're saying, there's rotation risk. And we can put time frames on it. So let's think, like, five weeks out. Ten weeks out. And whole season, right? Darwin, 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 Darwin. Darwin <laughs> wins. Full stop. Done. All right. All the fairs, everything. I think Darwin wins this hands down. It's not even close. Like, he's on his data dump for six shots in his first game back out. It's just a matter of time till, uh, till Poole are able to, like, play that system, whatever they're trying. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's Darwin without a question. Kyle? Mm, I want to take the other side. I go in Abba. Not... I... I I feel like we talked about this at the top. Um, but Chelsea having a target man will be interesting. It'll be boom or bust. But I think that in terms of being able to take the, or unlock rather, the creators on this Chelsea squad, I think that Abba is my pick. Like, I don't know what's going on with Liverpool and I don't really want to figure out what's going on with Liverpool, but... Yeah, I leave Nunez to be the Nunez to be with whoever is the owner today, and I'll go Aubameyang. I mean, I I watched the Champions League game today, and I mean, I know we lost um one nil to uh, Dinamo Zagreb, but in that first ten to fifteen minutes, I thought the front three combined really, really well. Actually, I mean, the stats might not show it because Alba got into situations where he should have shot on goal, but I think he tried to lay it off his teammates instead. And maybe that's just you know trying to bed into the team, get your confidence back in a new system, that sort of thing. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Alba looked a little better in terms of ghosties, right? Um. Who's to say? Because his time at Arsenal was a very toxic one as well, right? So I don't know if that also plays into his output and his points and all that sort of stuff. But um, Darwin looked good against Everton as well, right? Um, A bit unlucky maybe to... Pardon? Put up 8.5, which I don't think Orba does that in his like random blanking game where he doesn't get a return yeah yeah so it's an interesting debate um but i i think i might go with ryan and go on the nunez thing um 
because I, I I still think we have to see the best from him. And right now, Liverpool are a more functioning attack at the moment for like the next five to ten game weeks. Damn, does that, Over the rest of the season, does that hurt article. you to say? Um, no, because I've openly admitted to not only you guys but other Chelsea fans how trash we are. That's fair. I mean, I've known yeah. this for ever. <laughs> as long as you've known me. There you go. <laughs> All right, awesome. Um, so thanks so much, everyone, for the questions. Really appreciate it. Um, now we'll go into our final segment, the FA slash waiver picks. Uh, so for this segment, we usually look at picks under 50% own because we think you have an easy chance of grabbing them in your leagues. So what I'll do is uh, let... I don't, I don't even know. Who filled out which side of this? Like, I did away. Kyle did oh, home. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we'll just do that then. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I'll run through the fixtures and I'll jump in with any comments afterwards. Um, so first game, Fulham versus Chelsea. Uh, for Fulham, I feel like we are beating the same old drum. Uh, the best options under 50% remain the wingbacks. Uh, Robinson got injured in the last game and Mbabu came on, right? And he went yep. over to fill in. Uh, I don't know if Kurzawa was on the bench. I didn't check. But it'd be interesting to see who gets his start if Robinson isn't able to go. But whoever of the two, that would be the option. And then on the right-hand side, Tete has retained his spot. So from the Fulham perspective, it's still a good shout to target their wing backs. Um, I think up top, we were intrigued to see what happens with William and Dan James and well, Bobby, De- Bobby De Cordova Reed. Um, they have Niskins Cabano. They have all these options playing out wide as uh, creators playing through the middle on out wide as creators from Mitrovic. But I think the one thing that we could probably say is nailed is the wing backs some combination of the four and it seems that uh, marco silva is going with the nailed two uh every single time and not rotating so those are my big shouts tete um probably would be first he's at 18 percent, and then uh mbabu and karzawa are both at three percent on so that's where i would look for value how do you feel about burned leno as an asset right now uh, I don't hate it. I looked at the goalies just overall um, earlier today, and he was He's doing up well. there. Yeah, he was up there yeah. in terms of uh, saves and save percentage. So in the grand scheme of things, I don't hate it. He, of course, he didn't play the first couple of games as well, right? So he's yeah. now settling in um, as a full-time fixture in this uh, team. So... Yeah, he's already up to 19 saves in four games. So he played two less games than everyone else. And he's what top seven in that aspect. And then in save percentage, he's also what top six or top seven, top six at 73.1%. So I think overall it's not like a bad shout. I think that uh, they've also had some decently hard fixtures to start your season. So outside yeah, of the yeah. Chelsea game, 
he should get a good run. So after the Chelsea game, he has at not Nottingham Forest and then Newcastle at home, at West Ham, Bournemouth, Aston Villa at Leeds. So yeah, I think he could be one to target and uh, Leno is still only at 11% rostered. So if you're used to streaming a goalie, like maybe you could look at Leno or add him to your uh, rotation. Yeah, Chelsea's an easy fixture. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, I was, I was being to... respectful, man. I mean, it's a London Derby. No, These are yeah. probably... I mean, I actually don't even know mathematically if they're the closest teams to each other. Yeah. But Right down the road. Yeah, they are literally right down the road. You can walk from one stadium to the other. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a Derby. And Derby days are also... Are always crazy days, right? So, Correct. from that yeah. perspective, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily want to target like a Fulham, like... Um, asset like I, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. want to have the goalie but I mean the wing backs might be a better show right yeah, yeah true yeah. right um so I don't know I'm a bit <laughs> higher on Chelsea than you are obviously I'm not a fan so I yeah, do think yeah. they turn this season around I think Fofana coming in will help I think um I don't know how much minutes Sakaria is gonna get but just Chelsea need the midfield support. Um, they can't keep relying on Conte. So, I want to plug Loftus-Cheek. He's no longer playing in Reese's spot, but he's still getting minutes. And uh, he's only 27% owned. We haven't seen too much from him this so far this season. Like, in terms of key passes or or anything, really. But... We've seen what he can do in the past, so I still think he's possibly able to deliver if he keeps his spot. Um, and then Kovacic is still only 39% owned. Again, we haven't seen much from him so far for the season, but we haven't seen much from Chelsea altogether. So if they do turn it around, I expect both of those guys to have an uptick in points. Why not? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> So, if you look at Ruben's points recently, I think since he switched back into the middle, his Fantrax points have actually been dropped. shit. Yeah, they've dropped. Yeah, real shit. Um, so, I convinced I myself by going back yeah. to last season and then when he got a, got a run out, he was putting up like steady Eddie-ish kind of points. But, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a long spell he had, so. Yeah. Um, I, I do love that Kova shout. Um... Because I, I think right now you might not get 90 minutes out of him because he's coming back from an injury and all that, right? So even for like the Champions League game, he only played 59 minutes today, right? But in those 59 minutes, he had a key pass. He had three successful dribbles. He won six ground duels. Um, he had one interception and one tackle. Nice. That's, that's healthy production, man. That's good production points right there. Yeah, that's... I that- do... Th- that's kind yeah. of consistent with what he was doing last season when he was doing well, right? Um, yeah. He would put up like five successful dribbles in a game yeah. in the middle of the pitch, just eating man one by one with no reason, no pressure on him. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah. So I, I do like that cover shot more than um, Ruben. Um, that's a swap it, you it, made it, yourself, right? From Ruben yeah. to Kova. Yeah. 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 Um, and this is just going off of eye test and I, and I saw like, uh, also it's cause Ruben had like eye strapped to his knee or leg or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
after that Southampton game, so I was a little concerned, but yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the next uh, fixture, Bournemouth versus Brighton. Uh, Bournemouth, as much as I, in the last segment, praise the defense of Lloyd Kelly, he's not my shout for this game. You hypocrite. I am. I am. I mean, you could pencil him in as third choice, my top or fourth choice. He's off the podium today. I think the top choices for me were Dominic Solanke, Philip Billing, and uh, Marcus Tavernier. Um, Bournemouth, and we've talked about this many weeks, is still entire roster under 50% owned, but now their fixtures have turned and. They got the win against Nottingham Forest. They have Brighton at Newcastle, Brentford, Leicester at Fulham, Southampton coming up. Um, and I think that this could be a good run of fixtures. Like it, it should be a good test to see if they could get form. I mean, they're unbeaten since losing 9-0. So you could say that it's only up from here. Um, and I think that the attackers, if they stay healthy and are performing, are key to it. Solanke's obviously coming off of a goal in the last game. I mean, as well as Billing. They both had great strikes, um, of which I saw the Nottingham Forest uh, analysts on Twitter critiquing Nottingham Forest as being like at fault, like defensive lapses for all the goals. But a win is a win, and uh, they had to get into the chance or get into the positions to be able to have those strikes. And. I think that they're all shouts for like attacking returns. We talked obviously about Tavernier before having uh, defensive ghosties as well. So that would be interesting to see if, depending on the game script, um, he needs to put in like a tackle. Like he had two tackles, one even in the last game. Um, and yeah, Solanke that's looking for pure like goals, I think. Um, and then billing. I think is another one who you're looking for maybe a key pass or two and then some shots and hopefully he could get like attacking returns as well. So I think that I'm high on Bournemouth attackers now um, as well as their defense for this run of games. Yeah, I definitely love the Tavernier shouts. Um, also, I just realized that um, Marcus is related to James. He is. Uh, his his brother. Rangers. Yeah, he's his yeah. brother. I was looking at Tavernier in um, UCL Fantasy. I was like, this name yeah. looks very familiar. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely love the Tavernier shows. I think he's the best for ghosties out there. Um, billing is a little concerning, but like you said, very tough start to the season. So... Who knows? Um, because he, I think, would have been like one of their best players from the championship. And you look at previous seasons, Bournemouth has been in the EPL. Billing tends to be like top three scoring uh, asset from Bournemouth. So, yeah, Solanke on pens and all kind of jazz. So, yeah, good shouts. Um, what about at Brighton, Ryan? Um, so, Brighton started off the season so defensively solid, right? Um. Now they've kind of conceded two to Fulham, then conceded two to um, it was Leicester, yeah, it was Leicester, but their goals have upticked five against Leicester, and they should have had way more, right? Um, I don't know if anything's necessarily changed in terms of Potter's mindset and what he wants the team to do, but I am going to still plug Dunk the defender. 
he puts up no ghosties. He's had negative points in the last two games, but um, if Brighton find back their defensive form, why not? And then more from a attacking mindset, Caicedo and Mwepu, uh 50% owned and 9% owned respectively. I think Mwepu is going to keep a spot. Like, he looked decent. He got an assist last game. He probably does get pulled off early, so you have to hope he does something. And he doesn't look too good on ghost, ghosties. So you have to hope he does something anytime he's on the pitch. But Caicedo is the complete opposite, man. He can he can put up the ghosties and he got a goal last game. Um, at 50% own, that's criminal in my opinion. Like He should definitely be more rusted than that. Yeah. Definitely good shouts. Um, I think as Dunkoner, I might risk dropping him though. Yeah, that's fair I get too. The, yeah, I get the fixture pull, but I feel like he's very CS dependent. Very. Um, but if he gets it, he gets about ten, right? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if it's also because of how back three formations work. I feel like the central one always gets the least amount of points, right? Yeah. If you want to make comparisons, even Dyer at Spurs. Um, who else played the back three maybe recently or previous seasons? Cody and Wolves? Brentford. Um, Who's that, Janssen? Was it Janssen? I think it's Janssen. I think Pinnock was on the side with Ayer. Wait, I, okay, Ayer was on the side too. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, there's a pattern, if anything. All right. Um, Next fixture, Leicester versus Aston Villa. Uh, we talked about Leicester a little bit earlier in the pod. Um, at this point, I think the best under the radar pick might not be under the radar for some is Pat Sandaka off the back of his tremendous performance in a terrible uh, defeat. <laughs> I mean, he had, what, three shots, two on target, a goal. Um, he had one goal, right, and one assist. Um, yeah, one goal, one assist. Yeah, I mean, I they only like, scored two goals. Yeah, so. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, they only scored two goals. Uh, and yeah, Kelechi got the other one, right? So, yeah, I, I think he's the best under the radar shout. Like, they should, to your point at the beginning, Apod Sanji, like, they should stick to a top two. They should probably try it with Daka and Vardy and see how that goes. But in reality, as I said, they're always going to need, in this current iteration of Leicester, to score more goals than they concede. So, with a defense that is terrible, um, maybe we do see more games like this that are really open and high scoring. And uh, maybe, they, yeah, they don't end up with like 9-0 defeats, but 5-2s and 6-2s against mid-table teams are probably just as bad as losing 9-0 against City or Liverpool, right? So I think that was that DACA would be the best shout from my end. Yeah, fair. Um, at Aston Villa, I mean, I know we've said it before. There's pretty much no one worth grabbing. They just haven't been looking good. But they put up a solid performance last game week, um, pulling off the draw against City. I have still no one to plug, but Leander Dendonka has still to get his debut. Um, he was ill, I believe, last game week. And, I mean, I've always liked him at Wolves. I think um, first game week of the season, I think he put up, what, 16 in terms of ghosties? And 
I've seen that from him in seasons past, but he never got consistently enough minutes at Wolves. If he does break into this Aston Villa squad, I wouldn't be against holding, um, hoping to see some kind of similar kind of production to like that game week total, game week one total, sorry, of 16 or some kind of double digit return. I guess my question would be, who would he displace in the Villa starting 11? I think Douglas Luiz is droppable, but yeah, I got your concern. I don't know. I mean, they put up such a stink to keep him from going to Arsenal, right? So yeah, you'd assume if they didn't let him go, they plan to play him. And I, I, you, I mean, I thought the Dendunker signing was cover in case he went, right? True, true. What about Kamara? Do you think Kamara's droppable? Is that's a good show. I feel like he's had a good start to the season. He I know did. Ras really likes him, but he's done nothing in fan tracks, right? Yeah. I mean, neither has John McGinn, and he's a player that has been a very consistent <laughs> points output machine um, yeah, if you over think, the past three seasons. If you think Steady Eddie, I would have thought McGinn for sure. Like, yeah. He was that 10-pointer every game week. Yeah. It might just be depth, man. I think he gets playing time, though. But yeah, other than that, that's a real outside shout. Wait on the team sheet, obviously, but... Yeah, I mean, if I had to give another outside shot, but it depends on whether he gets consistent minutes, is uh, Callum Chambers? But he didn't play versus Man City, you know, so maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, cool. Um, Let's move on to... Oh, wait, before we move on, um, I think maybe Stevie G has kind of saved his job with that one-all draw, but if Leicester loses this game, Brendan is surely done, right? I have no clue. I, I I don't know. At this point, like I don't think Brandon wants to be there, but I feel like the club the club wants to keep him there and torture him. Yeah. I mean yeah, everybody yeah. thought he was done after the five, so maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Alright. Um next game, Liverpool versus Wolves. Uh like many big teams on most weeks, not really a lot to shout. Um I think we had Fabio Carvalho before he's ticked up over 55%, but now he had the uh, dead leg that forced him off at halftime um, of the last game, uh, the derby. I think under 50% owned, I'd still shout Joe Gomez and Simekas. I mean, Simekas got the start um, in the derby and got the haul on 58 minutes as well. Uh, yeah, so sort of. I think I think you're running the risk with the wing backs and the midfielders. It seems like only the center backs are the ones that are seemingly safe from being hauled on the 58 minute mark. Um, so Joe Gomez would be the number one pick of the bunch. Of course, Matip is back, which makes Ryan happy. But uh, for now, I don't know. Let's see if Gomez keeps his spot. Um, Outside of that, there's a new signings who we haven't seen. So Arthur, who's still only at uh, 13% on. So maybe he ends up being a pick. But for now, I think Joe Gomez would be the place to look if you're looking for entry into the Liverpool team still at this point. Yeah, I mean, depending on when you get access to this pod or whatever, uh, I just maybe keep an eye on their Champions League fixture and see if Arthur plays. Though I think Tiago trained fully as well. 
So he might be available as well. Yeah, um, they're coming back to fixture, right? Like I think yeah. yeah, in the press conference or Champions League, Klopp said he's ready for how long we will see. Um so Tiago is in the squad. Um and as Sanji mentioned, maybe you've you already know. Um maybe you're listening to us from the future. Uh but <laughs> Yeah, I think Gomez, yeah, I would keep an eye on midfield and also that centre-back pairing to see what Klopp goes with. Yeah. Uh, what about at Wolves? Um, so, new boy, Mateus Nunes, Nunes um, 45% owned. We've mentioned him before and he keeps popping up in those spots, right? He finally got a return. Um, what was it? The assist? And he put up more ghosties than he usually would, so he's at least delivering on those um those positions. And I mean they have two nail defenders, Johnny and Collins. Collins has been pretty good on the ghosties. Johnny not so much. But Wolves on a whole has just been decent defensively again. I don't know Jose Sa is just is up there again, right, for goalkeepers? That fraud. Yeah, I know, right? He is a so, fraud. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Um, was that back-to-back clean sheets? So, I don't mind the piece of this defense. So, yeah. Why not? I mean, the next opponent is Liverpool, then City. So, you don't have to cross them now. But after that, why not? Yeah, Saad's not really conceding shots. That defense, to your point, is pretty solid. He's only conceded 17 shots on the season, barely cracking the top 10 in shots. Uh, and yet and saves, somehow... Sorry. Yeah, and his save somehow, percentage is like number three. Yeah, but somehow he gets like, I don't know, what is it? High claims or whatever it is that he puts up over 10 each time. Yeah, he is a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> um... What's going on with like uh, the whole Samedo um, Ait Nuri situation? Yeah, though? I didn't like, shout them because of the kind of swapping here and there. Yeah. Ait Nuri is over 50%, cuff. but yeah. Samedo is only like 20 something percent rostered. Um, yeah. And then he, he went off early in that one game, right? Yeah, and it wasn't even an injury. No. Which is weird. Yeah, it was weird. It was yeah. 59 minutes. I was hurtful for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Moutinho is also under 50, was taking along quite well, but then had his first low-scoring game. But I'm not sure he's rolled out against this high-energy Liverpool team. So, Yeah, and I think there's just depth in the squad now that maybe, I don't know what we see, how much is Moutinho going to be used going forward. I don't know. Yeah. And again, it was right. avoided next two fixtures, so I'm thinking more of a long-term kind of hold. Yeah. Yeah, fair. All right, uh, next game, Southampton versus Brentford. Uh, what do you have for Scal? This is a tricky one. Um, I don't want to recommend Southampton players right now. I don't know why. Like, I feel like I feel like Ralph is still tinkering, even though I think at the back they're nailed. So my shouts were Bella Kochap and Salasu. Uh, I think Bella Kochap, since he came... Or since we discovered him against United, well, myself discovered he him against United. No, I think I think he's he is he has shot the bed, but um, 
he played well, man. Like he played well against United, at least. He hasn't played well in terms of putting up fan tracks points. I think that as a talent, as a young player, like I like that. Um, but I think as an asset, maybe Salas is a better pickup. Like I think he has a higher floor. Um, more seasoned at 23 <laughs> as opposed to 20 um, in the league. And I think that there's some upside. So I think in terms of having their nailed backline, that could be a show. My only thing, and I haven't dug into it, is they signed another center back from France at the deadline, Caleta Carr. Um, and I don't know if he's going to come into this uh, starting 11 now, right? So... I think that's something that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, if you wanted a higher risk reward pick, though, I think Roman Perot was going to be the shout. Uh, I know Sanji's an owner and he's displaced Janepo. So Janepo is being punted from my side, at least. Uh, so I think that Perot would be like the riskier one. Um, still working himself back from injury. And he played the last two games, at least. Uh 72 minutes a piece. So maybe there is some upside there. Got an assist in the first game. Didn't get anything against Wolves. But maybe that is the way you go if you want a riskier pick. If not, I think that I'd be intrigued in looking or starring on the watch list. One of the center backs. Their fixtures are outside of Brentford, Aston Villa, home to Everton. And then they have City. So... I don't think you need to run out and grab anybody from Southampton immediately, but that's where I would look. Yeah, fair enough. What about Brentford? Uh, so, Janelt is back in the squad. We know this. And he's done so well since coming back. Um, I went up against him this game week, and I was so happy to see him pulled off at 66 minutes. Like He just looked like he was ticking along and was about to kind of ruin me. Um, and my matchup was close, so it was worrying. But he gets his ghosties in like so many different ways constantly. This week it was four tackles, one, um, couple aerials, a dribble here, there. But like, Yanath is such a, like, if you need a man to just fill in your mid, like, I think Yanath is such a good option. Um, and then, Johan Wisser, Wisser, um, came off the bench. Two games now, scored both those games. It's been, I guess, a spot up for grabs in this Brentford team, I think. And he kind of had it. He lost it. I think he could possibly win it back, coming given his like, goal-scoring form off the bench. Or maybe they keep him as a superstar. But he's only 14% rostered. I know Kyle kind of regretted dropping him that one week when he did, but... He didn't start. But if he does get his start, I would say he's worth a grab. Yeah, I wouldn't hold him if yeah. he's not starting. Like, Agreed. I, I, I rate the super sub uh, tendencies or attributes or whatever, but I am, don't have a spot for that guy if he isn't starting, man. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, if you play in a league with auto subs, I think it's a sensible grab. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um. All right. Next fixture: Man City versus Spurs. Uh, City. I think we talked about this player a little bit earlier from a Champions League perspective, but uh, Akanji I think is the only asset there 
somewhat available. Well, the only asset that is labeled with the right position that is somewhat available. We will keep <laughs> railing on Sergio Gomez being labeled as a midfielder, even though he's a left back. Uh, Akanji's at 15% owned. We have not seen him in the Premier League at all. Uh, City has been chopping and changing at center back to start the season. Um, and even though it seems like they're coming back to full fitness across the board, uh, as soon as they get one back, they seem like if they're losing one, right? So Ake uh, is back. Stones is, wasn't available. Um, Laporte is apparently close to coming back. Uh, and Akanji started Champions League with Ruben Diaz. So I think that it doesn't hurt if you want to have coverage into the city back line for when he does inevitably get some playing time to go grab Akanji and stash him. Yeah, so looking at his Champions League debut, he had, um, with the clean sheet, uh, three clearances, one interception, one tackle, two key passes, uh, one one aerial duel. Yeah, key passes, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. But still, that's, that's decent. That's not yeah. bad at all. Yeah. Makes me happy as an owner. <laughs> um, I'm actually so for Spurs I plugged some defenders right we've mentioned a lot of them so far Ryan Sessegnon 47% own um, I would be more keen if I see the lineup tomorrow in Paris it starts Champions League but again it's versus City so not necessarily the best fixture to own him but I think he's worth stashing if you have a spot on your bench for the games he does get that starts he was just so productive last game. Um, and then these next two I'm going to plug probably not. They're fighting for the fourth choice centre-back spot. And Spurs play with a back three. So they're not nailed to start. But Longley and Sanchez, 20%, 33% own respectively. They're probably still behind Romero, Dyer and Davies. But you never know what kind of thing can happen. Um, if if for some reason Davies loses his spot, unlikely Sancho doesn't think so. <laughs> One of these guys should fill it in, and in that sense, I would grab them as soon as. Um, it's embarrassing though. We've just plugged what four defenders. I own three of these guys on my bench. <laughs> and they're none of them. These guys are nailed. Not a single one of them. That's brutal. It is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not starting any Spurs defense against Holland and company, man. Oh, I would play Sassignon if he starts. Really? Okay. He was that we ha- we productive, have, yo. He we have a recording box. of it, eh? He was in the box we so have... often. This is Fulham. I, I know, but still. <laughs> Um, okay, so moving on to the Sunday games. Uh, Arsenal versus Everton. Uh, who do we have? Uh, for Arsenal, the only shout we have is Sambi Lokonga. Uh, if Partey and... Um, who's the other guy's name? El Nene. I keep forgetting his name, man. El Nene. <laughs> 
are still out. Like I think, well, yeah, I think Elnene is a long-term injury for sure. I don't know the status of Parte, um, but it seems like if it's indefinite as well uh, with a groin injury, I don't think these guys get rushed back. I think Sambi Lokonga ends up being the holding midfielder uh, of choice. So I think that he's the only name that's under 50%. I think Arsenal hasn't really been forced to use their depth in their squad until this game against Liverpool when or not against Liverpool, against Man United sorry um, where Arteta panicked and needed to throw on all his attackers um, so it'll be interesting to see how they think about setting up going forward because I think that the United game was really a test of uh, Arsenal's structure and uh, Arsenal's tactical setup against a real team i think they had like the softest schedule to start the season and now i think they've been found out so we'll see if arteta like can adapt and change uh, or if he's still gonna believe that because it worked five times in a row like oh this is now the arsenal way cool you guys want to swap yeah let's swap oh ross if you hear this please edit this part we're swapping Google Meet links again. I mean, he could leave huh. it in and people will laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> what about at Everton? Um, So, Steady Eddie will be still there. 44%. Still old. under 50. Yes, that blows still. my mind. And Onana um, popped up on the data dump with tackles one, I believe. Six or five of them. Uh, 14% owned. He'll have a lot of work to do against Arsenal, you'd expect. So, where to grab? Yeah, I like that. How much is uh, Idrissa Gay? Is he under 50? He, he is, is definitely. Right? He came on um, last game, right? And I think he put up three points in like 30 minutes. Yeah. I picked him up because of that. Um, I expect him to break into that squad fairly easily. But... You never know. But I'm there holding him in case. Uh, do you have any love for Jordan Pickford? Oof. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he had the game of his life last game. I don't know if he'll keep... I don't know. He's a short stopper, yes. But not for me. Yeah, scored 23 points. Yeah, yeah. only dung from here, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next game, uh West Ham versus Newcastle. Uh West Ham not a lot of options here that really stood out to me. I think that my favorite shouts I feel like if you were to actually just me sidebarring for a second, if you were to um map my picks, <laughs> it's mostly gonna be defensive picks. Um I wanted to scream like Cornet. But this guy Ooh. does not play. <laughs> so I, I like really, that though. Yeah, I know you I do. I can't believe he doesn't play though. Like. Yeah. That's that's bewildering to me as well. Maybe that's just a fitness thing or is like getting into the system or whatever it is, but he isn't getting on the pitch for him to matter. So the only sort of other options are um, Emerson who we called out like last week or a uh, week before last week technically. Um but He's at 20, no, he's at 13%. And then Zuma, he was also somewhat interesting to me as being like a nailed um, asset 
decent fixtures, nothing to really scream home about coming up for uh, West Ham. But I'd say they look better than they looked at the beginning of the season, even though I think the fixtures haven't, um, or the results, sorry, haven't been there for them as they might wish. They're still sitting on, what, four points uh, with four defeats in six games. So I'm not as high on literally any of the other outlier picks. I know Ryan had a dalliance with uh, Kerr at some point. <laughs> and I don't think that turned out well. I feel like that guy has one negative points in like three of the four games he played. Um, yeah, he has, he has minus 0.25 on the season um, across four <laughs> games. And he had 9.75 points in one of the four games, which was a 1-0 clean sheet like victory think about that right like that is so yeah sad. it's very very sad um this entire lineup uh they got a signing in the summer and eggard or eggard uh ben johnson got injured injured craig dawson is injured um yeah crestwell is now red flagged so i don't know what to think about them but yet i am Shouting out Emerson and Zuma is under 50% picks if you really had to go somewhere on this team. But I feel like they're a stay-away club for me at this point. Yeah, I guess it's not a bad fixture for it, though. Well, it's not, right? Like that's, that's the reason that would tempt me, like the fixture. And if you're going into Sunday morning and you somehow gambled and now you actually need to pick up somebody that's going to play, um, maybe... You go for West Ham. I would assume that you, yeah. I think I think off the back of the last um, Newcastle game, then exactly, yeah. Maybe there's a reason that you actually go after it, right? That Newcastle will create a lot of chances, give the defenders a lot of options or a lot of possibilities of getting ghosties. Yeah, uh, their clearances, um, eighteen. Yeah, or aerials or aerials, tackles exactly or whatever, that. right? Like I think you're going up against a potent attack, which has proven that it could be nullified. So yep. maybe it's not a bad shout for these streaming defenders from West Ham on Sunday morning. Yeah, good shouts. Uh, at Newcastle, really just one I want to plug. Joe Willock, 47% owned. He, like he will be, has been putting up like seven points on average per game. Steady Eddie. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really see anybody else lowly rostered on their list that I would like to plug. I don't know. I'm waiting for Elliot Anderson to actually get more than a cameo, right? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Which is funny because in, uh, and this is the obligatory like shout out to my dynasty league with way more comprehensive scoring, but he put up a haul in the dynasty league last week. So uh, we're doing a supplemental draft right now, and I have him on the on the queue. Um, Are you like drafting every fucking time we record? Like, I know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like this one is another slow draft, but yes, I am. Don't worry. NFL NFL season starts tomorrow. Um, well, when this comes out, so all yeah. the drafting should be done by then until NBA. So I'll have like a month break until then, NBA. Yeah, I get a month word. break and then I get to do some more drafts. Like, why do people play fantasy to do drafts, right? That's that's definitely why, Kyle. Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, you don't need to think about management of all the teams afterwards. Like, what is that? I mean, speaking of Elliot, though, um, 
he's had like what three appearances um five minutes six points five minutes one point 19 minutes 3.5 points so i mean other than default scoring what has he done in your dynasty league that is putting up all these points though man you asked me to get into like trying to understand like a owner's manual or something man um <laughs> Well, he's doing good. He, he had ball recoveries, so he had yeah. three ball recoveries in the last game. He had a dribble. Yeah. He had an accurate cross. So I don't know if this is accurate cross, like inclusive of corners. I don't think he would have taken a corner, mm. but he had a cross. Yeah. Um, and then we also play with pass completion percentage, which is pretty low for him. He only had fifty five point six percent pass completion percentage. Um, but okay. overall, he ended up with nine points. So on the team. Yeah, Trippier, Shire, Botman, Target all hauled. Uh, Joelinton had 12.5, and then Ellie Anderson had 9. So he had more points than Sean Longstaff, Almiron, and um, yeah, the Ryan Fraser, who played 69 minutes. He had more points than Joe Willock, who played 90 minutes. Joe Willock in our Dynasty League scoring only had 1.5 points versus wow. Ellie Anderson had 9 in 19 minutes. So... As I said, with different scoring and tweaking for different activities on the pitch, like, yeah, he's putting up a contribution. So, yeah, he, he popped on my radar for that because he didn't pop up in yeah. our league when we were doing our screens. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, next game, Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. Yeah, Palace, I mean, we don't even need to shout out Anderson again. Like, him and his ridiculous uh, clearances. Like, I mean... From game eight one, I was high on this guy against Arsenal, and I think that he's continued to perform in both senses. Like he's shown range um, in both an attacking and a defensive sense. So I'm high on him as an asset, and he should not be fifty one percent owned. Um, I think that is criminal. And then uh, I think Ryan added him, but dropped him at this point. Um, but Mark Gahey, um or did you drop him? Did you drop Mark I, Gahey? I never grabbed him. Oh, you didn't add him. You talked about him though earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I think Mark Gahey is another asset that I'd look at uh, potentially adding. Um, I don't think the United fixture is the best. But, honestly, United hasn't been scoring a lot of goals. I don't think there's a lot of risk of uh, conceding a lot of goals. Of course, now I have reverse jinxed them and they will score seven. Um <laughs> <laughs> but after that, they have Brighton, who's... I think they have hard fixtures, I would say. So this is the only thing to give caution. Um, they have, they're have they at Brighton, then they're... Well, hard fixtures on paper, because I'll hear that Chelsea is not, like, a difficult team. Um, Easy fixture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew you would say that. But I think overall, like, I still like the look of Gehi and Anderson at the back um, as assets and as ghost machines. I think they're good, if not uh lucky <laughs> in the sense of some of the goals they concede i'm like man i don't think you should have conceded that but such is life i think the attacking rotation is somewhat interesting but i don't really like iu that much uh, oh it's an edward i was high on and then he got benched um so i don't like the edward mateta rotation risk um, I don't think it's worth it, but 
Yeah, it's weird because they're not doing like 90 minutes each. Yeah. Like 30, 60. Yeah, it's weird. 40. Yeah. Yeah, it's It's very weird. So I want to stay away (laughs) from all the rest of this like uncertainty. And I say if I was actually looking at anybody, I would just say just get Anderson. Half of you out there, he's available in your league. So go grab him. Uh, Your boy Ducori that you grabbed is only 9% owned as well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I want to keep him under the radar a little bit more. I mean, I, I grabbed him already, so it doesn't matter. Um, luckily, I got a trade done before the pot started, and I was able to grab him. But yeah, I think he's the new entry into the Steady Eddie list. He looks really good. He's putting up a lot of defensive actions. Um, yeah, somebody that I'd call out as one for people to add to the watch list, if not grab. Yeah, fair. Um, what about at Manchester United? So, of course, United pick up form, and there's not a single player worth mentioning below 50% roster. Um, I mean, the only actual starter right now is McTominay, who is, I think, only 10% owned, but no one else to mention. And I, I wouldn't even grab McTominay. So, um, quick. A uh, question, Kyle. Uh, people would have dropped certain amounts of fab on Casemiro. Are you just <laughs> holding the faith and keeping? Yeah, I think I think Casemiro. I mean, his transfer got done before the deadline, which was a good thing. Um, and he's played off the bench now in every game since he's been at United. So. He came in, obviously, off the back of a preseason. He came in off the back of, I guess, playing... No, no, the league technically didn't start in Spain, so I don't think he played a league game this season for Real Madrid. But Ten Hag has clearly been uh, on it about getting people embedded in the system that he wants to play. My guess is that he could get the start against Palace. Um, I think that now that the fixture run has cleared up, and they have a full week of training, I would not be surprised if he does get the start this weekend at Palace. So I hope that Casemiro owners that did spend fab on him did hold the faith. Um, And I would expect that it will start to be rewarded soon. So, I mean, the signs are promising, right? Because he got two nine-minute cameos and put up like four minutes in both. Yeah. A 30-minute cameo would put up three minutes. So like... Three points. Four points, three points. points. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We've had two hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But definitely, there is um, promise. I, I just also because there was like a negative 36.8 percentage change in ownership. Oh, on him, wow. So I think yeah, this I like is people are not. Yeah, whatever. We could, we could get into the yeah. semantics of how they do their stupid percentages. But yeah, it's yeah. silly. Yeah. It's like yeah. this is minus from a hundred percent. So pretty much, you, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so weird. I don't know, man. <laughs> okay. Um, final game: Leeds versus Nottingham Forest. I believe this is a Monday fixture. Um, so who do we have from Leeds? Yo, two new entries for the Steady Eddie Club. Um, I don't trust them at all right now, though. So that's my um, caution or disclaimer before recommending them, but uh, Tyler Adams and Mark Rocca in midfield for Leeds. Just the way Jesse Marsh's system is set up. I know that we've had long conversations on this pod about Aronson and 
could he actually contribute outside of uh, goal uh, involvements? Will he put up ghosties and how much of it was like positioning and system and the works? I think up front, like he's being the most volatile. I think Harrison has been pretty consistent and uh, Rodrigo, when he was fit, was consistent. And in midfield, Adams and Roca have been like remarkably consistent. Um I'm still upset I didn't grab them both in the last game. They would have hauled me, like, what, 32 and a half points together. And, of course, it was a little bit of an anomaly. Um, Rocca having six shots, three on target. Tyler Adams having four key passes, four tackles, one. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of wild to see this boost in production or increase in uh, output, rather, for this one game. But... We talked about a little bit earlier being a part of the just overall games, game script against Brentford. Very, very open game. Uh, seven goals. So I would imagine that they will regress. They will not be at 32 combined points between the two of them every single week. But if, as I say, one of them, I would expect one of them on average to be putting, or one of them per game week to be putting up seven points. So. They look a really solid uh, center mid pairing. Yeah, we talked about how well they kind of fit into the system like episodes ago. So it's good to see how the points are also reflective of that. Um, what about uh, Luke Ailing at 2% owned? Do you think that's just a flash in the pan appearance? You don't expect that sort of output moving forward? Because, I mean, last season, obviously, in the terrible Bielsa burned down, he was averaging 39 points per game but then in the good Bielsa season he averaged 7.3 points per game yeah I I want to say want to wait and see uh they're coming back to full health um Liam Cooper's back as well mm-hmm. so honestly I don't know how they're like how Marsh is gonna set up yeah. if he has everybody healthy right like Furpo is arguably on his way back as well so oh God. if he, yeah, I know, right? Like he doesn't instill a lot of confidence, but if he has all his defenders back, um, if this entire squad is essentially healthy, outside of Stuart Dallas, who is probably going to be back at the end of the year, um, it'd yeah. be interesting to see how they actually set up as the first choice 11, right? So ailing for that reason, I'm not necessarily running out on grab, um, even though I know someone in our league did. Um I'd be cautious on Ailing. I'd be cautious on Cooper. Honestly, that's part of the reason why. Uh, let me not even. I I would want to even get rid of Strike at this point, even though I think that he's being nailed. I think that there could be rotation risks in this uh, Leeds backline, right? Yeah. Um. And finally, Nottingham Forest. One guy, record signing. MGW. Machine gun. No, um, <laughs> Welly Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Gibbs White. Um, finally got a return. Finally, like you said, Sanjit had a productive game where he got three key passes, and you know, um, hopefully it's just he keeps that ticking from here because the ghosties were not there before, really. Um, he should get consistent minutes, you would think, despite the twenty-something signings, but. 
Yeah, I mean, he's the only one under 50% owned who really excites me. There, there are a bunch of defenders that may get you some kind of ghost points. Like, we've seen Steve Cook too. But I don't even know which one starts in a given game week. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, last four game weeks, I think Gibbs White has um, played 265 minutes. Um, I think sixth best for minutes. So... Yeah, I mean, I I think he's nailed. Um, I think it's a good shout, uh, and he has that route to go seize with the corners. So yeah, True. I mean, I'm an owner, so I I might be a bit biased. Anyways, um, yep, that's it. That's another two hours in the bank, boys. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, Kyle. I hope that security guard didn't harass you too much. <laughs> nah, I made a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, do you um, boys have any pieces of advice or anything uh, moving forward? Um, now we're kind of in the thick of the season, right? With Champions League and Cup games and everything leading up to the that fucking World Cup. Um, do you have anything to say? Spend money more wisely, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's a little bit too late for that. <laughs> I know, but the window's done, done. So like. Don't go out and spend it like crazy now. Yo, everybody thought that there were Nottingham Forest, man, or Mr. Todd Bowley. I guess. <laughs> They're just splashing the cash. They're Barcelona. <laughs> splashing cash that they don't have. Honestly, I mean, for listeners, there is a, a message early this morning, the first one in our group chat, which was a plea to the the, the, the commissioner to do some stimulus. Yeah, so, some quantitative easing. <laughs> and like people wanted to see some quali- quali- quantitative easing. They wanted Jay Powell to turn on the money printers. So, I mean, this just goes to show how planning is essential. <laughs> and yeah. some people fail to plan, so... Yeah, we'll see how this plays out for them over the course of the full season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, money's very important towards the end of the season, man. Honestly, every every dollar counts. Yeah, I mean, we're, th- we're through essentially, what, the first 20% of the season, first fifth? Um, yeah. So yeah. we'll see how it goes for the next 80% of the season. So people that are... Like top of leagues, don't rest on your laurels. Uh, it could all turn very quickly. Like Sanji, you could go on a four-game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lovely way to end this podcast. I know, right? So good. Damn. I mean, that's a, a dose right. of reality, right? <laughs> I, just find it, I find it hilarious. The guy who says some people plan to f- um, fail to plan. Is the one who's at the bottom of the table. Though. Hey, hey, don't worry. <laughs> Judge me at the end of the season. That's all, all right, I ask. All right, Judge all right. me at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, when he's still bottom. All right, one win out of eighth place. One win out of eighth place. We'll um, see you on the next episode then. Until then, uh, peace. peace.